Okay. All right, guys. So we're just going to make a start, and, and you know me, I'm set up again, and I'm kind of the nominal sort of coordinator of this from the law school's end of it. Uh, but really, this is just an information. You've all got the advertisements already, how to apply, what to do, so you know that. This is just an informational meeting uh, from some people who actually work with the court. I'll let them introduce themselves. And there's John Epp, my colleague, former, former, former Clark, who came by to say hi. And, um, and this is being recorded, so if somebody wants to listen to it later, you know, they can. We'll make a link available right away. Okay, so um, can I just ask everybody up here to introduce themselves? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name's Simon Moore, Justice Simon Moore, and we have Rebecca and Nadia, uh, who are second-year clerks uh, this year. And I'll just explain a bit about how we propose to divide up the responsibilities. So I thought I'd, I'd just talk a little bit about what the job is, um, and then these guys will actually tell you what the job is. And, and then when, if it comes to any sort of questions about how you go about it, we're going to, um, we're going to go to Scott on that, because none of us actually understand that. Yeah. We've, we've already told them, but if you have oh, good. any other questions, Excellent. we're happy to ask e them. E Excellent. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I'm doing this presentation is that I'm one of the liaison judges. So that in the Auckland High Court, we have two judges who work as liaison judges between the judiciary generally and uh, and and the clerks and and we have how many how many clerks have we got that's a question i should actually know uh, 18, now. 18 now yeah what we do we, we try very cleverly with the ministry who we have to work with to sort of build up the number of of clerks without them actually understanding that we are building up the number because the greater the capacity um the better the system works. So, um, in a nutshell, uh, if successful, the, the, you'd, be, you'd be contracted to the Ministry of Justice. The Ministry of Justice, this is uh, sort of kind of Constitutional Law 101, uh, the Ministry of Justice represent the, or are part of the executive, judiciary is an independent arm of government, but we don't have the money to be able to run the show ourselves. So the ministry steps in, and it's the ministry which funds the courts. And, and it's, it's the ministry which employs uh, you and everyone else in the building, except the judges, although it is the executive who pay the judges. So we're not employed, we're independent, um, but uh, those who work within the organisation uh, will all be... Uh, ministry employees. One of the things about the, the job is that it, it, it perhaps doesn't have the immediate attraction that big law firms might. You're, you're not going to be fated with long and boozy dinners and that sort of thing. It just doesn't happen <laughs> um, in the courts and in the ministry. Um, what we sell is, in fact, a unique opportunity to see the, the operation uh, of the law. And, and, in fact, it really is utterly unique because, uh, uh, as a judge's clerk, you get to see the operation of the law in this country. And you will be confronted by issues that you will work with your judge uh, on, um, some of which are things that will be relatively familiar to you from your time here at law school, and others which are completely different, something that neither you nor your judge has ever encountered. And in those sorts of cases you have to sort of start from first principles and work your way, because and part of our job as, as judges is to, is, is to make the law, particularly to make the law in those areas where um, it isn't clear and there isn't a great deal of, of precedent. So the High Court job has uh, one clerk, generally speaking, there are exceptions, but generally one clerk working for two judges in each of the two years. So 
you generally work for four judges over a two-year period. And I can't tell you what every judge does because every judge is different and every judge works in a different way. Some judges are relatively light users of clerks, others are heavy users of clerks. But I, I think it'd be fair to say that for most of the judges, they would view the relationship with clerks as something which is very much a collaborative partnership, working together on problems and together solving them, because it's just terrific um, from uh, a judge's point of view to actually have the opportunity to have two minds looking at a problem. I'll tell you one of the things about being a judge which really surprised me when, when I started um, is how isolating and actually lonely. I'm not expecting a sympathy here, but it is, a, it is an isolated and lonely sort of an existence. You sit up there in your, in your chambers when you're not in court and, um, and you try to work out how this particular problem in front of you is solved and how you can get a judgment out dealing with it. And to have a clerk, have a smart young brain alongside you, uh, helping you with that, occasionally correcting you on that and providing, providing a contradiction. That's really where clerks are at, for me anyway, they're most useful when I can come up with an idea and a clerk says, well, you know, really if you do that you're going against this whole line of authority or I just don't think that's the fair result and I don't think it's the fair result because of X, Y and Z. And so the ability to have that confidence to be able to engage with your judge and have those sorts of robust intellectual debates um, is, is, is terrific I think from, from both points, points of view. So, what about the job? Well, these guys are going to tell you more about the nuts and bolts of it, but you know, some of it can be a little bit mundane. Uh, proofing, checking footnotes, doing those sorts of things for judgments, just making sure that everything is right about that judgment before it goes out the door, because all of our judgments uh, are reported and published, and academics like Scott and John pour over them and criticise us. And as I said to Clarks, one of the great things about, about being one of the really great attributes um, of the job is that as a clerk, when you have assisted a judge in delivering a, a very important judgement, um, uh, and the academics and the Court of Appeal receive it positively, you can take all the reflected glory, um, well at least share the reflected glory <laughs> with, your, with your judge. And of course, if the judge has screwed it up completely and the academics don't like it and the Court of Appeal tell you you've got it horribly wrong, no one knows who it was actually, uh, apart from the judge. Your name never goes on the judgment, so you have the best of both worlds really, it seems to me. Um, so. Part of the job involves those sort of tedious aspects. Um, part of the job involves that more collaborative process where they're bigger, more contentious judgments. What we try to do as judges is to give you a unique experience. Um, I have my clerk quite often sit up on the bench with me as we listen to a complex argument. And um, occasionally, swap surreptitious notes about how it's all going. It's, it's a unique experience for a young person who is just starting to get their toe in the door in the law, uh, and it's a great experience for a judge to have company on the bench. So that happens, I think, reasonably frequently. Um, again, judicial practice varies, and perhaps not all judges do that, but I, I certainly regard it as an important part of 
again, adding to the unique experience that, that, that you'll get. Sometimes one of the questions that is asked is, well, look, if I've got some kind of connection with a law firm, uh, you know, and I've been working as a summer clerk, and I, I've, I really feel I've got a commitment to that firm after I graduate and I get admitted, how does a clerkship fit in with that? And, and my answer to that one is really quite simple. Um, as, a, as a proprietor of a large law firm before I, I started in this job, we regarded those who went, that those, are, that those who were connected to our firm, um, but who went uh, on and did a clerkship as being very much more valuable assets who we would welcome back later on. You will, I think, just about never uh, encounter pushback uh, from, uh, fr from a law firm that you've got a connection like that with. They, they all recognise it for the unique experience um, that, it, that it gives. Um, I think the other thing too is that there is a sense that clerkships cater really for those who have an interest in pursuing litigation as part of uh, their career. And, and I would ask that by saying, sure, you will see litigation, it's terrific, you'll see every aspect of the law, um, but you'll see it through the lens of litigation. But there are plenty of clerks who have gone on uh, either to go into policy or into other areas of, of legal practice where a clerkship is, has opened that door for them. Can I add something here? Yeah. And John will back me up on this. I mean, my other role is as the advisor for students wanting to do LLMs overseas, and there's no doubt, years of experience, suggest that a clerkship on a CV is a real CV builder for overseas potential overseas LLM candidate. The Americans, in particular, really understand what a clerkship means because uh, it's a highly valued job in the States, and it's often an entree into legal academia in the States and other things. But certainly, for those of you thinking about postgraduate study overseas, uh, it's it's a good credential uh, to get, and it also gives you a, a good year or two years to do the job while you're looking at what postgrad programs you want to apply for. So, I mean, that's was exactly what John did, um, and it. That um, might not be you. What, what's that? That might not be attraction. Well, that you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, John was a clerk, and then he went to Columbia did his LMA for that. But certainly, the postgrad programs. Our experience is to have that on your CV is a, is, is a booster for application for postgrad study, in addition to being a great job. So that's another thing. Mm. That's another thing that often counts for. Yeah. I, I, I was actually going to move on to that and mm. say, what, what does this really mean in terms of shaping your career beyond a clerkship? The first point to make is that if you've been a High Court, Court of Appeal, or Supreme Court judge, um, world's your oyster. Uh, the firms will be clambering over each other to get you. It's, it, there's just no other way of, of, of saying that. Um, my old firm, Meredith, just can't get enough clerks and will always employ clerks. The second is just what Scott's spoken about, and I, I, I won't develop that because he already has, other than to say, um, most of the clerks who have worked for me have gone on to do postgraduate work. They get references, uh, sorry, postgraduate study. They get references from us, um, and I think you find every judge is extremely supportive uh, of their past clerks in terms of promoting them that way. And um, I'm, I'm now on to my seventh or eighth clerk now and, and and the relationship you develop with, with your clerks is 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 a very very special one each one of those people is is a good friend whose career I I now follow with with, with real interest and and uh, they've headed off to all sorts of places uh, there's one at the moment in Oxford um, I've had them and yeah, heading off to North America um, it's just great it's great to to follow your clerks. You have a real sense of some sort of proprietorial sense um, and investment in their, in their future. 
again, most judges will will uh, will view their clerks in that way. So that's all I want to say. I'm going to hand over to the people. Can I ask one more thing? Just can you speak at all just for a few minutes about the difference between clerking in the High Court, Court sure. and the Supreme Court? Right. I am a little partisan on, on, <laughs> on that. I know you have a court of appeal bias, but um, I, I would have to say what 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 happens is that. Um, there is a body called the Senior Courts, and the Senior Courts are the Supreme Court, the Court of Appeal, and the High Court. And so the recruitment process for clerks covers all the Senior Courts. Um, the High Court is the only court which shares an appellate jurisdiction and a first instance jurisdiction. So we hear crime at first instance, but we also hear some crime. Uh, judge alone crime on appeal um, and, and, and some interlocutory matters uh, on, on appeal. So there's a reasonable appellate jurisdiction in, in the High Court. The Court of Appeal is exclusively appellate and obviously uh, so is the Supreme Court. My own view, unbiased as it is, is that if you want to see a, a snapshot of the wider jurisdiction both first instance and appellate, High Court's the place to go. But I say that um, knowing that no Supreme Court or Court of Appeal judges are hearing what I'm saying, <laughs> as long as this particular recording doesn't go to Wellington. Um, um, and I would just add to that and say that High Court judges don't care as well. That's, that's yes, a, yeah, they, thank you. Cancer on that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, also some High Court judges, you've been around the show for long enough, um, the Court of Appeal will invite you to sit on their divisional court. So the divisional court is presided over by a permanent member of the Court of Appeal and two High Court judges, and they sit in appellate, in appellate jurisdiction in both civil and criminal cases. So um, that means that if you are working for a judge, who, who sits in the divisional court, you will be assisting in um, in completing and dealing with those cases where um, your judge has been assigned to write the judgment. Because what happens with appellate, appellate work is that, generally speaking, one judge is, is assigned to write the judgment. And then you hope they will agree with it, because if they don't, it's a hell of a business, but anyway. <laughs> Is there anything else? No. All right, well, I'll sit down. Leave it to the experts. All right, uh, I'll start us off. Uh, this is Nadia. Hi, and I'm Nadia. So we're both in our second year, um, so we are in the process of building relationships with our new judges. Um, there are, so there are five things I wanted to say to you all because I sat in your seats two years ago. The first is that uh, in terms of culture at the Auckland High Court, I found the clerkery to be a type of haven of um, collegiality and if you're a, an enthusiast about any aspect of the law, whether it's the what judges describe as more tedious um, aspects of proofing um, or um, you know, you know, criminal justice, there's a place for you there. It's um, non-competitive um, and like, I don't think I've laughed quite so much in any other work or legal environment. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. The second is really to pick up from what Judge mentioned before, it's a um, truly one of a kind um, opportunity to be kind of behind the curtain so to speak and if you're at all interested in questions of access to justice or the development of the common law is the place to be. Uh, you know, as and Judge also mentioned, it's really um, you're not only witnessing how that happens, but you're also contributing. And one of the what what us clerks see is one of the really important functions we serve is um, trying to bridge the gap between um, judges who are at the peak of their um, Kind of professional careers and have some years under their belt because of that um, and and ourselves we're just starting out and we have sometimes quite different cultural perspectives or and so 
you know, sometimes our role is as simple as, oh, judge, I don't know if lady friend is the right <laughs> 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 something different to the High Court. The third thing... Oh, Rebecca's going to put that. Um, it's super, super cool. Um, there's nothing quite like your judge being like, can you look at this? And you're like, oh, yeah, great. Some, you know, Section 1 billion of the Companies Act that you didn't know existed. <laughs> and then, like, then they, like, you go into their office in the afternoon and they're like, great, what do you think about this? And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> ah. um, but you definitely get the sense that they really value your opinion. Um, and want to, they're like keen to listen um, to what you have to say. Um, and often um, the High Court's quite a busy place, um, I think busier than the Court of Appeal and the Supreme Court just because of that um, appellate and original jurisdiction. Um, so it can get quite hectic. Um, and so you definitely have a, you know, an important role um, to play in, in helping the judge kind of get their head around an issue or being like, I think you might have missed this. Um, and so it's, it's really, you are part of the team. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to say was that sometimes I know that prospective clerks are deterred by the thought that there will be no client interaction for the first two years of their career. And uh, to that I have two things to say. Firstly, if you're interested, if it's clerkship you know, if, or big firm, you're unlikely to see much client interaction in a big firm anyway. Secondly, all of those skills which young lawyers need to develop um, to interact with clients, relationship management, time management, um, or expectation setting, communication skills, are things which I practice on my judges, and I see them as my first clients, and so I really would not let that deter you. The last thing I wanted to mention is that when I was sitting in your position, I was really attracted to this job because I understood it to be a really prestigious springboard into a legal career. And while we'll have to wait for more years of my life to pass before we can see whether that's borne out, what I can say um, is reiterate what Justice Moore has said in that um, you get to work on some of the most interesting legal issues which um, you can't even imagine yet sitting here and, and you'll find yourself caring about things which you, you, know, you didn't think were um, you, could, you couldn't even conceive of, and so... Um, Last year, for example, we were in lockdown, and my judge was duty judge, and so I was hearing a little bits and pieces, and she emailed me, and she was like, oh, great, we have this habeas corpus thing, and it was about the legality of lockdown, and I was like, oh, my God, I've just sat in my house for two weeks, I've bloody <laughs> conquered <laughs> <laughs> And so, but then it was like a... You wanted to join the application, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, that was, like, that's insane. Like, it was so cool, um, and then just, like, Nothing hits different than when you get like an R and Z notification or something you've worked on for like months or something, and you're just like, wow, this is so incredibly cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so coming, so I knew all of this. What I what I wish I had spent a little bit more time thinking about is the nature of the work at the High Court because no one is showing up to the High Court because things are going well for them. And about, about 60 to 70% of a class work, I would say, is criminal work. And so with the privilege of being behind the curtain and at the coalface can, for some people, um, come a toll of bearing witness to the, the pain, the misery, the violence that attaches to crime. And you know, this is not the public defence service where you maybe have a, a staged introduction to different levels of crime, beginning maybe with shoplifting in your first year to murder and sexual assault in your third year. This is, these are the senior courts and it's all hands on all decks from day one. It, it is a really busy place and you're, you're thrown in there. And so um, this is not like, you know, it's not a cautionary tale, I just think that, you know, when you're thinking about applying for this job, and we strongly encourage you to, to do that, just recognise that you're, you're, you're choosing to go into that type of environment and to think about what type of safeguards you'll put up um, for your own well-being. Um, there are support um, 
support structures for clerks, um, but at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own well-being. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and so I think I'd add to that. Um, so it is an interesting mix of civil and criminal, um, and it's very judge-dependent on what the judge gets you to work on and, and help out with. Um, but certainly, I think I was aware that you do all the criminal stuff, but I don't think, think it would be that much. But it is, like I say, maybe like minimum 50% of like, the stuff you do. So even if it's only like 40% of the court's work that they do, um, it's a big part of your life. Um, and, that's, and that sort of like plays out differently for everybody. Um, and so I went and I was like, yeah, civil law's for me. And now I'm like kind of looking for jobs next year and I'm like, let's go, criminal law. Um, and so it, it's, it's like, it's really cool because you get exposed to, you know, such a variety um, of what. And so if you're interested um, in, sorry, in becoming a generalist. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I don't know anything huge about tax law, but I know a little bit about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and, and so in that way, it's really great because you get a broad spectrum um, of subjects in front of you. Mm. Or in just finding out what, what works for you. I think it's very hard to say, um, oh yeah, I'm someone who's good at compartmentalizing, I'm going to be the next Ron Mansfield. It's quite hard to know that until you actually do it. And so the clerkship is quite a good opportunity to actually try out the different areas of law um, without committing too hard to a firm or something. And yeah, as Rebecca said, you may get in there and discover like, you know, criminal procedure is your jam. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's all I really had to say. Um, it's a good argument for taking courses in evidence in criminal procedure, however. <laughs> <laughs> Given the steady diet of that, I mean, that's a huge part of the workload. I mean, in cases, CAD, you know, things like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Auckland Uni prepares you really well for, um, especially, you know, I don't know if 299, 399 is still things, but, um, you know, you guys may hate on it, but... <laughs> yeah, like on the slide, I think our research skills are a little bit better than some of the other universities. So, you know, Rebecca will talk a bit more about this, but, you know, you're all more than capable of applying for this job. Seriously. Um, so, I have one point, um, and it's a bit more general, um, and it's a bit more about just applying. Um, so as Nadia said, we're both very confident that everyone is capable of doing the job. Um, I think my big takeaway um, is to not self-select yourself out of the process. And, you know, I, I've seen the I've seen the application thing. It's like two pages. And there's a lot of words. And you're like, wow, am I all of this? Um, and it's not really about being all of it. It's about you know being really open um, and backing yourself um, to some extent. Um, I, I think if you're a bit on the fence about applying or you're not sure if it's the right job for you, um, I. I, there's sort of like the there's like a bullet point um, list of criteria, um, and while I don't think you should be like yeah I'm, I'm all of these, um, it's good um, to like really think about this and be like uh, you know do I have good time management? Am I good under pressure? Um, and they're all things that you'll you know can I communicate? Um, and they're all things that you'll learn and grow on during your clerkship, um, but. And so you, sh you should definitely evaluate yourself um, against the, those lists. Um, but I guess I'm also aware, or my perception when I was a student, um, was that it's super, super hard to be a judge's clerk, and it's like the top of the top. And, and while um, to some extent that's true, um, it, it's also really important um, to think about practical skills and cultural competence. Um, and you know, like you don't need to have an A plus in company and an A plus in evidence. A lot of the stuff um, is you just learn on the job, right? So a lot of it is really niche. Um, what's important is a real like commitment um, to applying yourself to the law, um, being flexible, um, and willing to, you know, figure stuff out. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I would really encourage you to apply. Um, it's a super cool job. I almost feel like I've set the bar too high because I'm like, wow, I love my first job. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Did, did anybody have any questions um, for the three of us before Scott? It can be about anything, actually. But before we do that, um, did you want to you add anything based on your experience? Anything you want to say? Since I'm here, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> I have to say, um, no, I, I, I don't 
can't remember you if you went through all the time. Sorry, I apologise. I can't remember you all. I public law. I've taught a lot of public law students um, in my defence. Um, but I, I have to say, it wasn't until you said what you said about um, you know, there's no one who goes to the High Court without being extremely unhappy about something. I think it's actually very, very true. Um, and so I think something you do have to be aware of, but I think it would be true, you know, if you went to the Court of Appeal, you know, most most appeals will be sort of some point of sentencing or evidence or procedure. So it would be the same, right? There's basically lots of crime. That's what the courts do. <laughs> and when we say lots of criminal law work, you should really understand that criminal law here means evidence, procedure, and sentencing. I think that's probably still true. Um, that and and maybe five percent at most of substantive criminal. Really, really, and if it does come up, it's almost always really fun because it's, it's something extremely esoteric. Um, I remember getting a phone call from a judge I worked for, um, sadly departed now, uh, about a point of criminal law, and I had to sort of double take. When I said, Sir, are you asking me the difference between, I won't repeat it because it's not really, I'm not really sure, yet. I should. Um, but as I said, the vast majority of stuff is, um, is evidence, procedure, and sentencing. So it's, it's advantageous if you have some kind of exposure to those sorts of things before. But as, as Rebecca and Nani have both said, um, you, know, you certainly shouldn't say, oh, I'm not going to apply because I haven't done those things. I mean, for a start, we don't really teach sentencing to any great degree. And you, pick up, you have to pick up lots of things on the job. I mean, it's true of any job, but it's certainly true of this kind of thing. Well, the judges pick up things on the job, too. That's, that's a kicker. I mean, yeah. they're, they're very much in the same Some position. faster than others. Some faster than others. <laughs> I mean, it's that, that, is, that is the case. And, yeah. and I'll just say to you all what I've always said to anyone who's ever asked me about the job. Um, you should apply um, because it's the best job that you'll ever have. The downside of this is that if you get it, you should understand that you will, in all likelihood, never have a job that is as good as that job. <laughs> this is what I told you. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure John told me this two years ago, and now I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be right occasionally. Stop clock twice. I mean, I love mine. I mean, I'm, I'm going back in the prehistory of time when I was a clerk, but I clerked in um, the Southern District of New York, the equivalent of the High Court of Auckland, the Federal District Court in Manhattan. But I also sat on the Second Circuit with my judge, so I was also, by designation, the same thing. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, I love this job, but it was, it was a fabulous law job. It's like working for this very exclusive little law firm with a huge breadth of interesting cases, and you don't have to take a side, which is the thing I like best about it. You can just be honest and have a lot of integrity and be intellectual. And um, the other thing, I, two things that weren't mentioned before. Um, when you're a clerk, at least when I was, and I think it's for the case, you have to remember that you are always representing the court. Every minute you're walking around, every day, every weekend, you've got to think to yourself, confidentiality, ethics, integrity, not talking out of school. And it's very important. I mean, as everybody said, these are real people with real problems. And um, it's no joke, right? Um, because when courts make decisions, I mean, judges have real power. <laughs> I mean, they have actual power. I mean, the power to deprive you of your liberty, the power to deprive you of your money the power to declare rights. I mean, it is actual power to really affect your life. And when you're a clerk, you're part of that process. So you have to take seriously ethics, obligations, confidentiality, the sensitivity to how you talk about things, and posts on Facebook, and Instagram, and pictures, and all that sort of stuff. And I was always keenly aware of that when I was, when I was a judge's clerk, that I was the representative of the court. And I conducted myself, I conducted myself accordingly. And the judges are very aware of this as well, and the way they conduct themselves, uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in all aspects. Dealing with media, for example, is a real classic example of that. Right? You've got to be very careful. There's a lot of media around cases. You've got to be very careful about, you know, things you might say, things you might do, because you know, they have official channels for dealing with the media, and official ways of dealing with the media, and you don't want to do that out of, out of, out of school. So I just wanted to add the idea that it's a serious job and the thing that it involves serious issues where people are really looking for redress. You know, judges have real power to make decisions. You're part of that process and you have to understand the various obligations of confidentiality, ethics, and sensitivity 
around around that process. And I'm sure these guys, these guys, these guys all do. But I I absolutely loved the job, and developed a pretty close relationship with my judge. Also now departed, um, sadly departed, but she was wonderful, and um, and. Uh, it was just a, a fantastic experience that launched me on everything I like about the law came from that job. Everything I ever liked about the law, what I learned about myself, what I like about the law and like doing came from that job. It's a direct line between that job and where I'm right now. What I study, what I write about, how I want to live my life, how I think about law, etc. Yeah. And I and I, I sort of I liked trial, I mean I liked being in the high court because I liked watching all the trials. Um, but I did like sitting on the court of appeal a couple of times we did. I mean, the only annoying thing is you've got to convince two other judges and four other clerks that you're right. <laughs> and, that, and that can be annoying when you're used to not having to Collaborative writing's horrible. Oh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it, can be a, it can be a little annoying. But, you know, on the other hand, um, yeah, I mean, the appellate jurisdiction is just very interesting. It's, it's a different, interesting jurisdiction. There are some people in their hearts who are appellate lawyers and some people in their hearts who are trial lawyers. I found that there's a difference in the, in the psyche of the two different types. Some people are crossovers. You know, but it's a different kind of work, and I liked I liked both kinds of work. But you know, I was quintessentially a, a kind of trial sort of person, uh, and that's kind of where I wanted it. Having said that, just technically speaking, just so you know, all applications that are treated as applications of first instance for the Supreme Court and Court of Appeal. So basically, because because there's like a food chain, you know, in the courts, and essentially the Supreme Court sort of they're the top of the food chain, so they get sort of first choice, and it kind of devolves down. It devolves down from there. So, but Scott, I think it's important to add yeah. that that if you are offered a job in the Supreme Court, yeah. would have been not obliged to take you, it. You are not. And in fact, we have a number of yes. our present cohort of yes. clerks who yes. turned those appointments we, down in preference to the High Absolutely, court. we have. Absolutely, there's one guy in the High Court right now. Turn that court now. That's another thing I want to say. You can tell us on your application what your preference is. It's all treated at first instance, but you can tell us. And if you absolutely can't leave Auckland. If you can't move to Wellington, some people can't. They have partners, they have kids, they have reasons they can't. You have to tell us, because we need to know that. It's not going to prejudice your application one bit. Just tell us, okay? And and we'll just take it from there. So that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I should say something. Um, I think it's really good to um, express preference for location um, and court. Um, and I also think it's good to express a preference if you can, like, start. for example, if you're finishing after one and you were like, I'm going to go traveling. But obviously not possible um, to express a preference if you can start. Yeah, I think they said in the ad that they might actually be needing some people in yeah. the second half of this year. Yeah, because um, judges get appointed in the middle of the yeah. year, all things happen. Um, I think, I know one of the clerks Martin, um, leaving to go overseas um, to do the study, um, and so some of them need to be replaced there. But that's also a good, um, op, like definitely express that if you can, if you're in that position. Um, to add a bit more content as well, just to the differences between the courts. So if it's if location is nothing to you, also if you have to go because we're at two and you have class, also please don't feel rude. Um, no, we we can spend that. We can spend Okay. Yeah. It's being recorded. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could just see someone. I was like, it's fine. Um, no, no, yeah. We have a few. So the Auckland and the Wellington High Courts are a little bit different. There are fewer clerks. Wellington. Uh, there's also, if any of you are interested, Justice Palmer wrote quite a cool um, article in the past five years about the nature of work in Auckland, legal work in Auckland versus in Wellington. So if you're interested in that, it might be. Um, if you think about different types of work, um, the Wellington High Court clerks tend to stay with their judge um, for the two years, whereas we swap. So Rebecca and I both working will have worked for four judges. Um, and at the Court of Appeal and Supreme Court, you stay with your one judge for two years. Also, in terms of uh, pace and type of work, I remember Kayla Grant, who was a clerk at the High Auckland High Court, describing being a um, an appellate court clerk as um, your task being to write maybe ten dissertations over your clerkship, whereas in the Auckland High Court, it's like maybe writing two hundred opinions, like written assignments over that. Uh, time period, so you will know what suits you best, you know, if you get that option of, um, in terms of choosing. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's all pretty cool. We do like inductions, and we definitely have contacts with other clerks, and we have a conference coming up, and yeah, it's not geographically you're separated, but it's, it's definitely 
like I was talking to I, my, one of my judges on um, the Court of Appeal, and I was like talking to a Court of Appeal clerk about a point yesterday. Um, so definitely there is some um, mix, um, especially if you're in the high court and you're a judge, so um, on cap. Yeah, um, and lastly, just on um, Rebecca's point about sort of like putting yourself forward. If you think this is the type of job you would enjoy and be good at, apply. And then on paper, the Office of the Chief Justice of the University will look at your grades and think, okay, this person is probably up, up to mustard. And then if you get an interview, you, your, your credentials have got you in the door. So kind of relax a bit. You're not there to kind of prove your intelligence. You're there for the judges to get a sense of what makes you tick. Um, and I, yeah, I remember Justice Moore telling us this when we, um, when, you know, two years ago. So um, I, I guess it's the same for all job interviews, really. But once you're in the door, you know, kind of try to enjoy yourself a bit um, and see if the, if the vibe is right. Yeah. All right, at this point, since we only got about five minutes, I mean, we've given you a lot of information already about the application process and deadlines, you know. But does anybody have any technical questions or substantive questions or anything for anybody in the room? Okay. I just have two questions. Um, the first is, when you say you work for two judges over each year, is that like two judges get a year or six months of each judge? So it's really, it's quite different. So last year I'd, I'd say I did about so I two judges, I did about 80% of my work one and 20 for the other. Um, and this year it's different, it's maybe like 60. Yeah, no, uh, different experience, but it's cool. It's like being in a law firm where you're in a team and the various partners want to give you different stuff. What was your experience? And the other one was, um, I know we've tried covering this, so what's the sort of appropriate length for that? Yeah. You know, I, I have very clear views. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more with that one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It was helpful. Mine is one page. It was like a kind of format. So generally, yeah, it's more like three quarters of a page. What we're interested in in that, uh, but you know, the letters that pique our interest are, are very often letters which come from people who, applicants who are saying, well, look, I really was wondering very much about whether this was the job for me. Well, you know, it, it, it's not, was more interested in actually who you are, really am genuinely interested in who you are. So, so if you can, in that relatively short format, paint a picture of who you are and what's important to you and what makes you tick, that, those are the things that actually that we're really interested in. And it doesn't have to be the academic stuff, or just the academic stuff. We're really interested in you as people. We are really genuinely interested in diversity. In like corporate speak world, it's like, what's your origin story? You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do you end up in that um, yeah, yeah. You, you know, like, mine I said something like I had a really dim view of lawyers and I ended up <laughs> yeah. studying law by accident. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember that letter. And that probably got you in the door. Yes. Well like, yeah, and then so you know, Justice Moore and Justice Fisher were like, oh this is really quite a controversial letter. Um, but you know, like you said, like I was there then. But I remember that. I remember it really well. I've forgotten you. Uh, yeah, so yeah, to me it's okay to be a bit frank and just like, yeah, what makes you tick? Why are you yeah. interested? And you all are, you know? Um, we had a question up the back. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask, like, what, what are you, or whoever it is, looking at then, are looking for in the writing samples? In, in the writing sample? Yes. Um, I don't I, I think probably what we're, what I look at is the way you express yourself, um, and also the way in which you're able to explain principle, and to the extent that it's possible in the limited sample you've got, the application of principle effects. 
I mean, that's what the job's about. You know, that's what all opinion writing is about. It's about, it's about understanding the law, setting out what the principles are, identifying issues, and applying the facts to the law. I mean, that's what you do, and it's what we all do. That's what we do as judges. So, applying facts to the law, would you be okay if we submitted, um, like, a problem question that we've given the answer to, instead of maybe, like, a critical essay or something like that? Yep. Well, that's what I'm interested in. I mean, the thing is, the sample it should, it, it's only three pages, but it should demonstrate your ability to do the kind of legal reasoning and writing yeah. that a court would find sufficient and interesting, right? I mean, you've seen any one of a number of opinions that written from the Court of Appeal, the High Court, you see what they, it doesn't have to mimic that format, but it has to be something that shows your ability to do sophisticated and thought out legal research. Ancient use of language. And, and writing. And I mean, an, an appropriate citation form, because I mm -hmm. care about that sort of thing. The other, my other advice about the right example is you should contextualize it. So if, mm -hmm. if it's pulled out three pages, say, mm -hmm. this is an extract from yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Or, you know. Otherwise so it makes no sense. Yeah, otherwise it, it can make less sense, you know. Well, maybe, we may understand it from context, but I think it just helps to do that. Um, and so that's kind of what we're that's that's kind of what we're looking for. But no, there's no there's no actual requirement of any particular sample. Just just that it demonstrates those qualities and those characteristics. Yeah. What is that like four letter acronym that was like this is how you approach problem questions? So you want to be emphasizing the A, which is like analysis, right? It's like you, you know they or the judges can look up the law themselves. You really want to be showing like applying the law. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like maths, show your work, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. so that's really what it's always been. We, we are, you know, as judges, we, we are most interested in your ability to analyze. Um, I was just wondering, um, if we're applying through the law school process, who should we be addressing our cover letters to? Oh, well, still to the courts. Okay. I mean, cover letters always addressed to yeah. the courts. I was just double-checking. No, no, we're not, we're not, we're just, we're just the clearinghouse. You're the, the, you're the conduit, huh? Yeah, we're just, we're the conduit. <laughs> <laughs> We're the poor. <portal. laughs> Are there any other questions? Yeah. How are the clerks um, allocated to the judges? <laughs> it's a mystery, don't ask me. These guys do it. Trial, guys do trial it. by trial. It's, it's a brilliant. I think it's an absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a um, great system. It's, a, it's different in each court, so we yeah. can only really speak for Auckland. Um, and I actually have no idea how many of the other courts do it. Um, it's super cool in Auckland. Um, so in your first year, um, you will be assigned a judge um, by, by second year clerks. And that sort of, we, I think it's really worked this year. We put a lot of effort. Um, and so you guys come in and you meet us. And we like made a really pointed effort to chat to all the incoming clients and like see personality-wise who they'd be a good fit for. Um, and then at the end of your first year, you and all your first year clerks do that process. So you have a meeting and you say, oh, I think I would be a good fit for X, Y, Z. And you sort of negotiate. Um, and, and that's clear with the layers of judges and sort of done. Um, so it's it has to be ultimately our decision, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, of course. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so used to counsel to But yeah, I think it works. I think it works incredibly well because what it does is these are the guys who know what judges, how judges work, how individual judges work, and can. Um, Customise that essentially the allocations to to meet that. Be hopeless judges doing it because I mean I mean I don't know how other judges work and I don't know necessarily know the personalities within the clerkery as to who might fit and who mightn't. So what we do is we have a meeting um, before the, the allocations are made just to make sure that there's nothing that the judges liaison judges want. Uh, or a particular <coughs> preference liaison you know, judges might have before the process starts. And then occasionally there might be questions that will uh, arise during that process, which will come to us, which we'll try to answer. And then the draft allocations come to us, we talk about them, and then um, usually usually we tick them off. We, we do a bit of tweaking, don't we, sometimes? Uh, yeah. but, 
not very much. I think it's kind of also. I think it's amazing. It's kind of divine retribution because some <laughs> some judges treat clerks really well, and they are always chosen by second years. And from a judge's point of view, a second year is quite good because you know they've been around the block once before. And the judges who <laughs> <laughs> the judges who have some room for improvement in their management style typically get first years. None of us. None of us even talk about that. We do kind of know that. <laughs> well, I hope so. It works if, if the judge is not. Hi, um, a bit of a banal question about your CV and how to manifest structure. So before you said you're interested in, judges are interested in who you are as a person. I was wondering if it's appropriate to put in, to prioritise legal research experience or to also put in like part-time work, like other jobs you've held. All of that. All of that. Everything. Look, we are genuinely interested. I mean, it, 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 part-time work, that, that says something about you. We're really interested in that. And what, you know, what other jobs you might have had, things that you've done, sporting academic achievements at, at school, anything, leadership roles, all of those sorts of things. They're, they all inform our assessment of you as a person, and they're, and they're, they're all valid. And certainly, by the way, also highly relevant any journal work publications. You bet. Very relevant. So if you've been on the Auckland University Law Review, if you've published anything, if you've got anything that's accepted for publication, you know, anything in the research and writing area that you can list on a CV is very, very helpful. It's an important point. To and on that point, we do have clerks who are publishing. Oh, yeah. Even while there is. Yeah, clerks. You, yeah, it's you, have to, you have to clear it with us. That's right. Because sometimes the topics might be a little. And it's happened to me a couple sensitive, times. But, um, yeah, yeah. I've had students. You know, they some case comes up that's really interesting, and they decide they want to write something about it. Mm. And there's no prohibition against that. No. You know, while you're even even happens. even if the article may be critical of a sitting judge, we've um, we've still said yeah, send it out. Your CV though, just remember, judges are super busy people, so get someone, your like, you know, friend, parent, um, partner to read it. It should be clean, it should not, you know, there should be no funky formatting. Um, you really do yourself um, yeah, a disservice if it's complicated yeah. for the judges to read. We gotta wrap this up, guys, for the next lesson. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming by. Oh, Thank you. And if, like, I'd encourage you to talk to a judge's class, friends, but if you don't know anyone who's a judge's class and you want to talk to another guy, get in touch with Yale and then we'll figure something out. Yeah. Go. Yeah, like that. Yeah. We both really like these answers. Thanks, John. Thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Alright. Bye.